Mic check. Mic check, one, two, one, two. I'm back for another episode. Yes, indeed. I'm back. Back for another episode. Let's go. It's a Taste to Consider Podcast. I'm your idol, the highest title, numero uno. I'm not a Puerto Rican, but I'm speaking so that you know. And understand, I got the gift of speech, and it's a blessing. So listen to the lesson I preach. I talk sense condensed into the form of a poem. Full of knowledge from my toes to the top of my dome. I'm kind of young, but my tongue speaks maturity. I'm not a child, I don't need nothing for security. I get paid when my record is played, to put it short. I got it made. I got it made. Say, sick and sit a podcast. I'm outspoken, my language is broken into a slang But it's just the dialect that I select when I hang I play it cool, cause schooling is all that I'm about Just fooling with the girlies, yes, and busting it out I'm special ed, and you can tell by the style that I use I'm creatively superior, yo I never lose, I never lost, cause I'm the boss and never will Cause I'm still the champion, chief one, won't lose until I choose, which I won't, cause I don't retreat I run you over like a truck and leave you dead in the street You're inviting me a titan to a battle Why, I don't need your respect, cause I Got it, man. Hey. Say sick and sit a podcast. Yes, let's go. I'm talented, yes, I'm gifted. Never boosted, never shoplifted. I got the cash, but money ain't nothing. Make a million dollars every record that I cut and my name is Special Ed and I'm a super duper star. Every other month I get a brand new car. Got 20, that's plenty, and I still want more. Kinda find a Honda Scooter's got 74. I got the riches. To fulfill my needs, got land in the sand of the West Indies Even got a little island of my very own I got a frog, a dog with a solid gold bone An account to account the amount I spent Got a treaty with Tahiti cause I own a percent Got gear out where, for every day Boutiques from France to the USA And I make all the money from the rhymes I invent So it really doesn't matter how much I spent Because yo, I make fresh rhymes daily You burn me? Really? Think just blink and I've made a million rhymes. Just imagine if you blink a million times. Damn, I'd be paid. I got it made. Say you singing to the podcast. Let's go. I'm kinda spoiled, cause everything I want I got made, I wanted gear Got everything from cotton to suede, I wanted leg I didn't beg, I just got laid, my hair was growing too long So I got me a fader when my dishes got dirty I got cascade and when the weather was hot I got a spot in the shade, I'm wise because I rise to the top of my grade Wanted peace on earth, so to God I prayed Some kids across town thought I was afraid they couldn't harm me I got the army brigade, I'm not a traitor If what you got is greater, I'll trade but maybe later Cause my waiter made potato alligator souffle I got it made I got it made Say you sick and sit a podcast Yes, indeed. A taste to consider podcast. I got it made. Special Ed. I just feel like that's one of the that's one of the best rap songs ever made. Like, (laughs) 
if you really sit down, listen to that jump, break it down, his flow and everything, it's like one of the best rap songs ever made. Yes, I'm back for another episode. It's a taste to consider podcast. Let me intro the show. It's a taste to consider podcast. I'm your host, Derek Silver, and we back. Back for another episode. Yes, I know. <laughs> Look, before I even started the show, I'm sitting here looking. I'm like, damn, when the last time I recorded? And that don't say October 15th. So I, I had to open up my calendar on my phone and look it up. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, it's been that long since the last time I recorded? the hell like i gotta be honest like i know i said i was gonna be more consistent but these days these weeks and stuff they just be flying by and i don't even be knowing when what's going on when it is what day it is what week it is what month it is like it's november 1st right now like and it's officially countdown to my birthday, November 30th. You know, that's a little plug right there. You know, if y'all want to send me some gifts or something like that, you know, it's all things are welcome. You know what I'm saying? It's good to be generous, you know, just good to be generous. But um, all seriousness, I ain't really been thinking about my birthday, honestly. Past uh, last year and this year, even though, you know what I'm saying, I took a trip last year for my birthday, like this year – Last year and this year, like, birthdays just ain't ain't been the same, though. So, um, yeah, it is what it is, honestly. Um, uh, like, I hate to even start the show off this way, but, you know, of course, it's November 1st. Um, by the time y'all listen to this, you know, um, y'all will already know the news and everything like that. Um, take off from the Migos, got killed. And it's just a sad situation, man. More like, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, I found out soon as I woke up this morning. Now, I wish I didn't. That wasn't the case. You know what I'm saying? Usually, I don't pick up my phone soon as I wake up. You know what I'm saying? I go through my little, I go through my routine or whatever, you know, do my prayers and affirmations and all that other stuff. But I picked up my phone first thing this morning. When I woke up after my alarm went off, I mean, so technically every day, I, that's the first thing I do is touch my phone. But I normally don't go in my text messages or or, or go on social media. And, and I, I ain't even going on social media and see, seeing it first because, <clears throat> excuse me, burp number one. I've been on a, a social media break. But it was in uh, the group chat, the fellas group chat. So I saw it that way. Um. Yeah, and that's a that's not the first thing that I want to see, you know, when I wake up in the morning. Um, but that was the case. I saw it, and it's an unfortunate incident. You know what I'm saying? He was 28 years old. 28 years old, and it's just another instance of you know uh, another rapper, another celebrity dying to violence, gun violence, and stuff like that, and. It was interesting because I don't want to, you know, rock the boat or anything like that. But it is always interesting when these situations happen. And I see so many people posting about, you know what I'm saying, the celebrity getting killed and all that other stuff. And I'm just like, man, 
black people be dying every day and why is it so you know what i'm saying serious or everybody posting about it when it's a celebrity and that it i ain't gonna lie it pisses me off because not to say that his life doesn't have value but i'm just like you know what i'm saying why do we only care when it's a celebrity and that shows you how desensitized and how used to it that we are of you know what i'm saying black people dying every day and stuff like that and even the fact with how you know what i'm saying people posting the videos of his dead body and even uh a couple of months ago with PNB Rock, when he died and people posting a video of him laying in his blood and all that other stuff, I don't want to see that shit, you know what I'm saying? But being on social media, you get, you see that, you know what I'm saying? You're bound to see it if you're on social media. And just like, it's just crazy how black people, we just so desensitized to trauma and we think it's a part of life because every time a black male gets killed, with some sort of violence that is a reminder to other black males of our mortality you know what i'm saying and it it gotta stop but it's like where do we go you know what i'm saying and i keep always saying this you know what i'm saying our community our quote-unquote community our so-called community we all concerned about money what you got on what you wearing um you know what i'm saying all that external material stuff and we in this repeated cycle because of us not addressing the internal stuff and it's crazy that I plan to record today and this was the first thing that I woke up to and what the show was already geared towards and that's why I always say with my show like is is all you know what I'm saying God because stuff be coming together like you know what i'm saying i don't have to i don't i don't have to do no work a lot of times with a lot of the bringing these shows together and the topics and stuff like that it, it all gels together by itself but I honestly like i wasn't surprised at the news because uh mars just went into retrograde and i know it's it's split you know what i'm saying you got some black people that's all into astrology and stuff like that and then you got other black people that be like man quit with that shit but the shit is real because when it comes down to it like mars retrograde this particular mars retrograde let me start for one when scorpio season scorpio season started and that's a water sign so it's always some little if you if if you know Scorpios and they have heavy Scorpio placements in their in their natal chart, um, you know Scorpios tend to be more emotional and stuff like that. So once we get into this Scorpio season, things tend to be a little bit more emotional and a little bit more wavy when you think about water and stuff like that. And then last year I referenced how we are in eclipse season. So eclipse season tends to be a little um chaotic at times um but this mars retrograde particularly is focused on the chaotic you know what i'm saying and and like one of the things that mars is going to be in retrograde all the way up until sometime in january so like my (laughs) 
what I, my advice to everybody is to, to just relax. Relax during this this time from it's November 1st. Mars went into retrograde a couple of days ago and all the way up to January. Just just be just relax. You know what I'm saying? Just ride the waves or things like that. Don't get into any confrontations. Be careful with your anger, with your emotions, how you react to things. Don't don't start no fights. Don't get into no fights. Just ride the wave. You know what I'm saying? Just ride the wave. Make sure you're grounding yourself however you ground yourself. A lot of people, if you don't know what grounding is, you know what I'm saying, it's, it's, it's based off of the foods you eat. You know what I'm saying? Make sure you eat a lot of fruits and vegetables, things that come from the ground. Um, if you can, if you in uh, areas that allow this, make sure you walk barefoot on the ground. Make sure you meditate. If you into crystals and all that other stuff, make sure you keep grounded crystals on on your person. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Make sure you're grounded. You know what I'm saying? Just make sure you take deep breaths when you get into situations that trigger you. Because this is the time right now with Mars and retrograde, we're in Scorpio season, and also eclipse season where things are tend to be chaotic. And shoot speaking to myself road rage like you know what i'm saying be careful with the road rage and all that other stuff just just let things go you know what i'm saying let things go walk away ride the wave just just be grounded you know what i'm saying <laughs> control your anger all that your aggression just be careful out here make sure you prioritize your mental health and stuff like that because right now the energy is all over the place. So make sure you focus on you and how you ground yourself and keep yourself calm and peaceful and all that other stuff. Just be careful out here. Please be careful out here. Um, What else? Yeah, so that's it with my astrology report. <laughs> um, But yeah, I... You know what I'm saying? I didn't I honestly didn't know that this much time went by since the last time I recorded. Um but yeah. I'm here now and lately, you know what I'm saying, I've been just doing a lot of um I've been heavy in the gym as usual. <laughs> um you know, um uh, doing a lot of reading and stuff like that, you know, uh, a lot of cleaning, a lot of purging. Um in the house, you know what I'm saying, things in the house, as well as, you know, internally and stuff like that, you know what I'm saying, I've been still, you know what I'm saying, still going to therapy regular and stuff like that, and, you know, I'm just trying to make sure that, you know, I keep everything kind of balanced, um, uh, but my, my therapist might, <laughs> my therapist might, you know what I'm saying, have some other thoughts about that. But, um, yeah, one of the books that I've been reading, I still haven't finished the Will Smith book. One of the things about me, like, um, and this is part of, uh, you know, me being a Sagittarius and also my human design, if all the people who, all the folks that's in the human design. First, let me shout out the people who, who hit me up after the last episode that I did and, and told me, you know what I'm saying, to fuck YouTube. 
yeah um i'm not currently recording um this episode for youtube but i will do the next episode i'm not even sure i haven't checked i haven't gone on to the app to check to see if i'm still in my uh youtube jail or not and i can't upload anything but i decided off the break that this was all it was already um decision was already made that i wasn't going to record video record this particular episode because this this episode already been done the outline and everything like that i added a few current events to it as i went along but um yeah shout out to all the people all the supporters and stuff like that i appreciate the encouraging words and everything i definitely you know what i'm saying welcome it and needed it um damn where, where was i before I, before I said that yeah so i haven't finished the will smith book yet you know what i'm saying i'll be i'll be reading like multiple books at, at the same time and I, you know what i'm saying i just find i'll read it when i get to it but this particular book that i've been reading and um based off of some advice that i saw on twitter was to put a book in the bathroom so every time you use the bathroom you read you know what I'm saying? You you get to read the book. So uh, one of the particular books that I had on my bookshelf for a while that I haven't gotten to that was a gift to me was called Cry Like a Man from by uh, written by Jason Wilson. Um, he's heavy on uh, social media. So uh, check him out, Jason Wilson. Um, but this book is called Cry Like a Man. And um this is the book that i have in my bathroom so i read it every day you know what i'm saying i read a few pages every day and so far the book is real good like me just not even knowing who who he is i follow him but i didn't really i don't really always pay attention to his post or anything like that but having his book um and him being a black man and a lot of the things that he's talking about in this book i feel like every black male needs to read this book because all of us will resonate with it you know what i'm saying a lot of it i like i said i haven't finished reading it yet but so far what i've read the few chapters that i've read that a lot of us will resonate with it all of us will resonate with it honestly you know it, from the things that i've read so far you know um the relationship with your mom, the relationship with your dad, the relationship with male figures in your life, siblings, um, your relationship with growing up as a black man, growing up and dealing with sex, dealing with violence, dealing with trauma, all of that. Like, even though this, this the experiences wasn't the same, um, I understood everything that, you know what I'm saying, he went through in his life. And I'm not even finished reading the book yet. And it, it helps to see a different perspective. Because a lot of times, you know what I'm saying, we get so caught up into, you know what I'm saying, being in our in our shell, in our bubble, in our space, that those outside views or those outside perspectives help us see our experiences in a different way or enlighten us a little bit or give us help us to reflect on them better so the book is called cry like a man it's by jason wilson so 
you know what I'm saying, check it out. Um, ladies, if y'all have a black male in y'all life, buy the book for him. You know what I'm saying? It's a it's a good read. And I'm telling you, all black men will resonate with this book. And I'm going to play a clip real quick from Jason Wilson. Uh, I happen to, uh, excuse me, even in the midst, burp number two, even in the midst of my social media break, I got on uh, Instagram today, and the first thing that popped up was a clip from him. So I'm going to play this clip, and we're going to move forward after that. So let me pull it up. So many men during my era were deceived into living what is called the thug life. But it wasn't until recently that I created an acronym for it because I understand now truly what a thug was. A thug is a traumatized human unable to grieve. A person who wears trauma like it's a badge of honor. And then we wonder why we're so quick to lose it at the slightest offense. When you walk around with your threshold for tolerance here, as soon as anything happens, you're gonna snap. It doesn't mean that you're real. It just means that you haven't allowed your heart to purge all the pain that you feel. Although trauma is something that we all will experience, we have to stop acting like trauma is just a part of the black experience. Yeah, and like I said, <laughs> God just be pulling these shows together, man. Like for this clip, to just pop up when I happened to just get on social media was a great thing. And what he said was things that I say all the time, things I talk about all the time, our attachment to trauma, uh, whether we stuck in a uh, victim mode or we don't know anything outside of that trauma or being a victim, then we look at it as though that's how we supposed to conduct ourselves in life. Like I, I, expressed about myself plenty of times before how I was taught or how I seen you know what I'm saying to be on guard all the time to always be looking at it like I have to be on defense and even outside of that you know the trauma that I did go through that contributed to the mental illness that um, I dealt with over my life Things, your perspective and your perception of things always has to be in the negative light. And it just ain't a man, a, a man thing. It's a woman thing as well. Like, even if you if you focus on a lot of these women empowerment uh, people, women out here and a lot of the things that they claim that they are empowering women with. It's not positive, it's negative. And the reason why they have so many followers is because they resonate with the negative aspect of things. So it's easy for a man to go out here, black man go out here and look at things like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, you know what I'm saying? Damn, he lost his life or whatever. It's just another, another day. Or we used to the police following us or harassing us and stuff like that. Or we always got to buck up against another black man that looked like us because that's what we used to. You know what I'm saying? That's what we've been taught. That's what we've always been seen. That's what we've always heard. And you know what I'm saying? Even on the women's side, same thing. Like even when, 
you talk about relationships and partnerships between a man and a woman. It's always about trauma, traumatic experiences from things that you've seen or things that you've been taught to believe. And it is not a... That's why when, like, these traumatic situations happen, we always got a joke or something like that. And we, it's so, we're so desensitized to it or so used to it that we, it's either our greatest strength of being, of not taking nothing serious or our greatest weakness of not taking nothing serious. We don't take nothing serious because... We're so used to it. We're so desensitized to it. So it's like, where's, where's the growth ever going to come from? When is the cycle ever going to be broken? Because we used to always reacting or responding or seeing things, traumatic experiences in the same light. And if you go against that, then is something wrong with you or you're too serious or you're not serious enough, et cetera, et cetera. It, it always got to be, a, it's always going to be a contradiction when it comes to trauma for us. Um, Damn, I'm just starting the show and the pregame is hitting me. Uh, run to the bathroom real quick. I apologize. <laughs> All right, and I'm back. Um, let me see where where I leave all that. Okay, uh, can't avoid it because it's still going on. Kanye, Kanye is still happening. And last time I recorded, you know, what I'm saying everybody is that was affiliated with him, uh, business wise and all that other stuff. Basically, just saying they just. They removing themselves from Kanye, business wise, all that other stuff. Um, you two remove his interview from the Drink Champs and all that other stuff. Um, yeah, so <laughs> it is so many layers to this. Like, so I'm gonna keep it as short as I can because, like. I can make I could talk a, make a whole show based off of this whole situation with Kanye or whatever. And but just piggybacking off of that um the the uh, clip by Jason Wilson or whatever. Like all of this comes down to emotional regulation, controlling your emotions, being in control of your emotions, however you want to put it. Not saying that Kanye didn't speak some truths. Of course he did. But it's two it's 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 two sides I'm gonna bring up to this. Kanye not being able to control his emotions to the point where he can articulate his his mo his emotions or his feelings or his thoughts properly. And then it's the side of the public. And the public not being able to regulate their emotions enough to disagree with a point, but also be open to his other points, 
his other feelings or his other emotions or his other um thoughts. I don't know if I said that or not. <laughs> but um yeah. And it it's like a back and forth without it being a back and forth. Some people respond to him not being able to regulate his emotions in the same manner. You know what I'm saying? And vice versa. Once Kanye gets the backlash from the public and all that other stuff, then he gets more into his feelings. So all this stuff comes down to like 99.9% of the population in the world don't know how to regulate their emotions on a consistent basis or aren't disciplined in it or just don't know at all. Like seriously, like we, the society we live in is full of emotional ass people. Whether it's by their own design or it's by society's design where people are in their feelings or in their emotions based off of what's being presented to them. Like I said, Kanye spoke a lot of truths. I didn't need to I didn't even need to see the interview because Kanye been talking a lot of the stuff that he did on that Drink Champs interview for a while. I didn't need to see it. But because he doesn't necessarily know how to irregulate his emotions, then it comes off wrong. Think about it. You've been in plenty of disagreements, arguments, yelling matches, debates, whatever you want to call it with somebody. And based off of how they started off, whether they yelled, they raised their voice, they cussed at you or whatever, that's going to trigger you depending on who you are. And most of the time... It will trigger you. It will make you defensive and all that other stuff like that. So you're going to respond in the same manner if you don't have your emotions in check. So that's all like that's that's the biggest point that nobody hasn't been making about this whole situation. We live in an emotional society, whether it comes to Kanye, whether it comes to your Girlfriend, your boyfriend, your mother, your father, your aunt, uncle, whoever, your coworker, whoever. That's why I say everything is about relationships. And that's why I try to distinguish as, as much as I can the difference between relationships and partnerships. Because you can relate with anybody on the street. You walk in the store, you gonna, you're relating with that cashier that's behind the cash register. Y'all have a relationship in that moment, in that space. So if that nigga is rude to you, if that person is rude to you, what are you going to do? Exactly. So, um, yeah. Everybody is basically going on Kanye now. Nori, who was the host of the Drink Champs, went on an apology tour, which he shouldn't have did. I don't feel I don't feel like he shouldn't have did. You know what I'm saying? Cause from jump, even before all this backlash started, like 
he was hyped about, you know what I'm saying, all the views, everybody talking about the episode and all that other stuff. But then you go on an apology tour when that fire hit your feet. But because we're so emotional in this society, we don't know how to have healthy disagreements. We think healthy means that everything has to be perfect or positive. That's that toxic positivity. You can have healthy disagreements. And that piggybacks off of the last episode when I was talking about how people don't know how to communicate, don't care about communicating, all the ghosting and stuff like that. And thinking that every relationship or partnership is supposed to be perfect and that you're not supposed to have disagreements or anything like that. There ain't supposed to be no triggers or no red flags or anything like this is the trendy shit that goes on with social media in which why I always say social media fucks up relationships and partnerships because they pushing out these narratives and these cliches that people are harping on to confirm their bias or their trauma. But of course, you know what I'm saying, with the Kanye stuff, you know, they, they push out certain clips and magnify those clips and people get so emotional off of that or being made to be emotional off of that that they don't want to hear anything else that he had to say during that interview. So that's why I was like, you know, you got everybody separating themselves from Kanye or whatever. And this and this is this is not me saying that you should support him just because you're a black person and he black. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is don't be a part of the public lynching of Kanye West. If you don't agree with him, don't agree with him. And if you choose not to support him, then just don't support him. Don't be a part of the process of him being publicly uh, put on display of a, you know what I'm saying, of a lynching. That's why, that's why I said the so-called black community, because we don't have no black community. It ain't no community. We are not a community. We're commun- we the only time we're a community is when a celebrity dying and we all posting about it or when something trendy happens or when some new Jordans come out or whatever it is that is trendy. You know what I'm saying? Because it's just it just boggles my mind how the black, the so-called black community got all this heat for Kanye. But we ain't got it for none of these politicians, not Joe Biden, not Kamala Harris, not nobody else that blatantly out in the open Just like efforts, police departments, none of that. You know what I'm saying? Chastise us, make a mockery of us, all of that. But we ain't got nothing for them. We will support them and argue and be about to fight if somebody talk bad about some Joe Biden boy. 
or some Kamala Harris, Miss Chucks and Pearls. I'm like, come on, man. But yeah, I got a clip. And it's a perfect example of the hypocrisy of the music industry. So let me pull this joint up. Um, all right, here it go right here. Let me pull this up and play it. And... It starts off with Kanye on the Drink Champs uh, talking about music. And then it cuts to, um, what's this by my name? Uh, the music exec, um, Leo. And just hear the hypocrisy of it. And Leo was on the Breakfast Club at the time that he did his, that this clip, his portion of the clip is coming from. So let me play it. Talk about the chakras. I talked about Rick Rubin. I talked about the 808. The chakras is real. Now, now I'm going to say some anti-Semitic shit. I'm going to fuck your bitch. I'm going to kill this nigga. I'm going to fuck your bitch. I'm going to kill this nigga. I'm going to fuck your bitch. I'm going to kill this nigga. I'm going to fuck your bitch. I'm going to kill this nigga. That's the real anti-Semitic shit that the Jewish people get paid off of. I don't know what's this opioid thing, man. Is Well, being a crackhead wasn't cool would you, back then. Being what? a crackhead wasn't cool. Now it's it, they seem like they're, they're making it cool to be drinking lean and syrup. And, it's and the, most dangerous, it's the most and dangerous and thing that's facing... Um, um, our society. Are you so, so why sign an artist that would promote that? Um, b because I, I I already answered that question. You weren't paying attention. Um, she asked me talent or issues, and I said talent. But I I, I have to I I can't give up on people. Don't you think that's hypocritical though? You're um, it's opportunistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I got I got people to feed. <laughs> um, oh, I got a, I got a, I got a business to run. <laughs> You're gonna make Dame Dash take this clip and call you a culture vulture. Who's Dame Dash? Nigga, you know who the fuck Dame Dash is. Well, yeah, that's the hypocrisy of it. You heard him say, Leo said, "I got, I got people to feed." I'm pretty sure he's a multi-millionaire. Like, bruh, how much money you need? <laughs> But him saying talent over issues, talent over issues, talent over issues. 95% of these rappers out here aren't even talented, <laughs> in, in my opinion, in my opinion. But you see the hypocrisy right there. But we fall right into the trap. We don't take it. We don't care because a lot of the music that is being made by these talented, excuse me, burp number three or four, by these talented artists promote bullshit, whether on the female side, WAP, um, sex, ass and titties, all that, and then on the male side, killing each other, selling drugs, 
fucking up the community. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it's, it's not funny, but it's funny. Because we will continue to just go along about our day and just like, we we act like we care when these rappers die and all this other stuff, but these the same rappers that's promoting the destruction of our community. And I'm not blaming them because I get it. I understand. That's all they know. And that's part of the being attached to our trauma. And But they also do hold a responsibility. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and just make it seem like, you know, yeah, I get it. And then that's just it. No, they definitely hold a responsibility. But, you know what I'm saying? You know better when you do better. I mean, you do. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just... It's just crazy, man. It's just like <sighs> they telling us to our face that they don't care about us. They only care about that money, that money. But we'll go along to it because, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It, it's, it's some more confirmation bias to us or the beat good and all that other stuff. And I'm saying we because I ain't I ain't opposed. You know what I'm saying? I'm not out of the equation of all of this but i mean what can you do because these situations are going to keep happening over and over again like cuz the majority the majority of our community don't care about none of this you know what i'm saying they ain't trying to be quote unquote woke or you know what i'm saying they just care about getting their money. They want to get out of the circumstances that they've been in or they want validation, they want attention and stuff like that. So they're going to do whatever they can do to get it. It's it's a house slave mentality. And I'll I'll get to that at some point. But um, let me move on. Um, we still talking about Kanye, though. <laughs> um, yeah. I got a quote from Dr. Francis Cress Wilson. He says, quote, we're the only people on this entire planet who have been taught to sing and praise our demeanor. I'm a bitch. I'm a hoe. I'm a gangster. I'm a thug. I'm a dog. If you can train people to demean and degrade themselves, you can oppress them forever. You can even program them to kill themselves and they won't even understand what happened. I mean, that sums it all up. Just in that in that quote, that sums it all up. But where do we go from here? What are we going to do about it? Kanye essentially is being canceled, you know, for his quote-unquote anti-Semitic um, rhetoric or whatever. I don't know. But like the clip and the quote says, you know what I'm saying? Being anti-black will get you a record deal. We'll get you attention. We'll get you money. We're exploiting ourselves. We're pretty much exploiting ourselves to get to gain something. That it's to the point where it's an addiction for 
us. We will exploit our quote unquote community in order to get ahead. Because I see, like, I see Asian, like, let's go to comedy. I see Asian comedians, um, Jewish comedians. I've seen all types of other comedians outside of the black, quote-unquote, black community. They make fun of their community all the time. But they don't get in trouble for that. They don't get canceled for that. But anytime a black person says anything about it or a black celebrity they get canceled or they got to go on the, on an apology tour or whatever. But when other communities outside of our community do anti-black stuff, we let it slide. Oh, they, they're a friend. You know what I'm saying? I played a clip on the show uh, a couple of shows ago when Chris Rock was hanging around his white buddies, his white fellow comedians, and they were saying nigger, nigger, nigger. They weren't saying nigger. They were saying nigger. And Chris Rock let it slide. Shoot, that podcaster, um, Joe Rogan, Adam22, all of them making racial um, statements. You had um, you have white celebrities out here dressing up in blackface and stuff like that and getting a pass from the black community, their their black celebrity friends come out saying, oh, no, he's not like that. You know what I'm saying? All this other stuff. They defending him and stuff. There is no, we don't have no community. The only time we have community is based around some trauma shit or some negative shit. So I'm a, I got another clip right because this clip is is is. It's very interesting for the simple fact that Charlemagne was one of the people that recently came out and said that Kanye West is a Nazi. But he did an interview on the Vlad TV show, which is another white person who is who has had very anti-black views and stuff around his YouTube show. But Charlemagne was on that show a few years ago and he said something exactly similar to Kanye so let me pull up the clip and you will hear what he said let me find that joint um here you go right here just don't go out and try to uh recruit people into the religion like you know certain Christians and, mm-hmm. and Muslims and stuff. I'll be honest with you man. I don't even feel comfortable talking about this I'm sweating right now I don't I don't I <laughs> There's certain things I don't like to talk about, and I love Jewish people, but they're powerful. I don't want them to misconstrue anything I'm saying or take anything I'm saying the wrong way. So I would much rather not even have this conversation. I have a lot of great Jewish people in my corner. I have a Jewish, I have a Jewish conglomerate. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know why there's not a lot of Jewish rappers? Because there's Jewish owners and Jewish CEOs. They run these labels. <laughs> they're the bosses. That's why. I'm uncomfortable. What did Kanye say? He said, uh, happy Kwanzaa to all the artists and... Happy Hanukkah to all the label It's the truth! They run, they run the business period from Hollywood to the music industry, everything. And I mean, it's, it's, it's a very powerful mafia, as they should be. You saw what happened to Bill Gibson when he went on his ranch. 
He deserved that though. He's an asshole. Like I, I'm, I'm a stern believer, man. Like you shouldn't be. You shouldn't discriminate against anybody because of their race, because of their gender, because of their religion, because of their sexuality. So he deserved that. Whenever you, you know, pick out a whole race and say this race is effed up or this race is foul or this race is this and this race is that, you deserve whatever you get. See, the problem with black people, we don't have no power. No matter what we do, we can all click up. We don't have no organization that has holds anyway. NAACP don't hold no weight. We don't have no organization that holds no weight. You can't speak bad about a Jewish person because they have organizations and they're a close-knit group of people in power who will bring you down. Same thing with gays. You can't say nothing bad about gays because they move as a unit. Black people don't have that. I, I mean, if you if you do a racist comment about black people, there are repercussions. When? You don't, just, you don't just walk away from that. Who? Tell me, give me an example. I mean, you know, Kramer. That's because he was white. And nothing really bad happened to him. You know why nothing bad happened to him? I never really heard from him again. I think because he got so rich that he was just cool. Yeah, so that was like nine years ago. What did he say differently than Kanye said? And when did Judaism become a race? And that's the problem with people not doing their own research or having their own thoughts and let's get on this free thinking topic. Like, I didn't even have this on the outline. I forgot to put it on there. But you notice how they will attack labels to keep people from identifying themselves with them. And that is, and one of those is free thinking. You should be a free thinker. You should be an independent thinker, a critical thinker. You should have your own thoughts. But what they do is they will attack these labels and be and it will become trendy to the point where black people are saying the same damn thing that is being put out in the media and stuff. So now being a free thinker is bad. I'm not supposed to have free thoughts. So you saying my thoughts are supposed to be controlled. You're basically saying to yourself. No, I'm not supposed to be an individual. I'm not supposed to have individual thoughts. I'm not supposed to be a free thinker. My thoughts are thoughts of the media or who's in control, who's in power, or, or what's trendy in the moment. We always sell ourselves short based off of somebody else telling us what the fuck to do. And that's the problem with fucking labels. We get too fucking caught up in a fucking label. Um, where am I at? All right. I got another clip. Came across this clip a couple of days ago. So let me play this clip. Is getting into the quote-unquote anti-semitism conversation and it's an old clip stuff that's got lib jammed up oh yeah people you know one at one point it's a it's not a race it's a religion at another point it's a race you know what, what's going on here the thing that you have here, ladies and gentlemen, 
is a political strategy and an economic what? Strategy. An instrument of what? Control. A means by which one can control the behavior of others. You can call it religion, ethnicity, anything you want to. But its ultimate reality is that it is used to do what? Control the behavior and perceptions of other people in the interest of the people who belong to that thing. That's all it is. And the first question you ask, and so the, the thing goes out, you're anti-Semitic. Now it doesn't matter what you said, whether you told the truth or not the truth, or this or that, it has nothing to do with that. Not at all. It has to do, now the next question you're going to ask is, oh, how can I not be anti-Semitic? <laughs> don't say this, don't say that, don't do this, don't do that, and then we won't call you what? Anti-Semitic. And so you, when you're in striving to be what? Not anti-Semitic, you then what? Fall under the control of another people. Regardless as to whether they are right or wrong, or regardless of how unfair they are, as soon as you meet the requirements of not being called anti-Semitic, you're under control. And yet here's a people that's less than 3% of the American population, less than one-tenth of 1% 1 of the world's population, who through the use of that term and through the throwing of that accusation can manipulate whole political and economic and social systems. And then they're the first ones to tell you that you shouldn't talk in terms of race. That was from Dr. Amos Wilson. And like I said, we under control. <laughs> We letting somebody else tell us how we supposed to think, how we supposed to feel with this whole Kanye situation. Like, we some straight up punks. <laughs> because, like, how is it that Charlemagne said the same damn thing that Kanye said, but two different results? Nick Cannon said the same thing that Charlemagne said, two different results. Is it because at the time that Nick Cannon said what he said, he was much more visible than Charlemagne was when Charlemagne said it? Is it because when Kanye said it, Kanye is much more visible than when Charlemagne said it? Because nine years ago, Charlemagne wasn't the Charlemagne that he is today. When Nick Cannon said it, Nick Cannon was at the height of his celebrity. Kanye is at the height of his celebrity. Public lynching. Put them on the apology tour. Kanye's point his truth, his facts are being proven right in front of our face and we still aren't believing what he's saying. Why? Because we in our feelings.
in our feelings. But we would get in our feelings if somebody told us we in our feelings. Trust me, I know, because I've been in my feelings because somebody told me I was in my feelings. I got another clip for you. This this particular episode is a little clip heavy because it's relevant. A lot of the it's a lot of it's a lot of people saying saying or been saying the same things that Kanye been saying. But people just don't want to hear because they in their feelings. Let me pull this next clip up. At this point, I'm very skeptical of any black person who's rejoicing about what's happening with Ye. Saying stuff like, I'm glad that all of this is happening to him. I need y'all to understand something. Black men specifically have the ability to die twice. They can die a physical death, same as everybody else. But if you say something that certain groups don't like, they will try to destroy your legacy, everything that you've built, because they know your own people don't have the sense to defend you. It's even bled over into Kyrie Irving. People are saying that he should be suspended or he should be fired or benched or whatever because he posted a documentary on his story. As if this grown man doesn't have the ability to watch whatever he wants to. We might not be physically enslaved, but it has shifted to an even more dangerous mental enslavement. We're watching this public lynching happen to black men specifically, and some of us are applauding it. Crazy thing is that if we actually stop being fed propaganda and pay attention, we would see that these groups are proving his point. At this point, I'm and very- it's like, here we go. I'll get to Kyrie after I say this. And this is why, and this is what I've been saying for a while as far as the agenda on masculinity, particularly black masculinity, black masculinity. And how the Willie Lynch theory is being played out every day. And we fall right into the trap of it. This is called buck breaking. She mentioned black men have two deaths. They can have two deaths. Physical and the mental aspect. Or the the vocal. Being, being vocal. Which turns into the mental death and this is buck breaking they can't whip us physically like they used to so what they will do is publicly do it visually do it and in that buck breaking they're telling each and every other black male that don't try us or you will be next so mentally that will fuck with us. You have this narrative out here that black men aren't masculine or they aren't leaders and stuff like that. Why? This is the reason why. Either they're scared or they don't want to be bothered. And I'll go into that later. But moving along to the... um. I think I'm at the point where I'm at the Kyrie part. Um, yeah, so Kyrie was back in the in. The, no, hold on. I forgot all about this. I'm glad I came across it. So there was an article, Los Angeles Times, 
And I remember this article, too. And it's funny when um, I was doing my research, how I came back upon it. But I remember specifically reading this article when it came out. Excuse me, Burp. Number five, four or five. I don't know. Let's call it five. So Burp number six. It came out in 2008. And I specifically remember reading this. It was in the Los Angeles Times, and it was written by a Jewish person, a Jewish man, Joel Stein. It's titled, Who Runs Hollywood? And he's asking it in the form of a question. The question mark ends after Hollywood. Who runs Hollywood? Come on. So I'm going to read a couple of... um, I'm going to read just a little bit from the article. It says... I have never been so upset by a poll in my life. Only 22% of Americans now believe the quote, quote, the movie and television industries are pretty much run by Jews, Jews, end quote, down from nearly 50% in 1964. The Anti-Defamation League, which released the polls, poll results last month, sees in these numbers a victory against stereotyping. Actually, it just shows how dumb America has gotten. Let me read the sentence again. Actually, it shows how dumb America has gotten. Jews totally run Hollywood. How deeply Jewish is Hollywood? When the studio chiefs took out a full page ad in the Los Angeles Times a few weeks ago to demand that the Screen Actors Guild settle its contract, the open letter was signed by News Corp President Peter Churn. Jewish, Paramount Pictures Chairman Brad Gray, Jewish, and this is how the article is written. I'm not saying this to be uh, sarcastic. This is how it's written in the article. Walt Disney Company Chief Executive Robert Iger, Jewish, Sony Pictures Chairman Michael Litton, surprise, Dutch Jew, Warner Brothers Chairman Barry Meyer, Jewish, CBS Corp Chief Executive Leslie Moonves, so Jewish his great uncle was the first prime minister of Israel. MGM Chairman Harry Sloan, Jewish. And NBC Universal Chief Executive Jeff Zucker, mega Jewish. If either of the Weinstein brothers had signed, this group would have not only the power to shut down all film production, but to form a minion with enough Fiji water on hand. <laughs> Let me move on to the next one. The Jews are so dominant, I had to scour the trades to come up with six Gentiles in high positions at entertainment companies. When I called them to talk about their incredible advance of advancement, five of them refused to talk to me, apparently out of fear of insulting Jews. The sixth, AMC president Charlie Collier, turned out to be Jewish. So there you go right there. And let me see if the article is still even up on the Los Angeles Times because I saved it. It's still up on the Los Angeles Times website, latimes.com. It's titled, Who Runs Hollywood? Question mark. Come on. See apostrophe M-O-N. Written by Joel Stein, a Jewish person, December 19th, 2008. 
So if you want to get a further taste of what I read, it's still on their website. <laughs> it's still on the Los Angeles Town website. Like, oh, man. All right, where am I at? Uh, yeah, I already talked about Joe Rogan and Adam 22 and their anti-blackness um, speaking their racist stuff, both of them. And they got big podcasts. Uh, Adam 22, he, you know Joe Rogan got that big contract over at Spotify. Adam 22, he just opened a $5 million office. And he primarily covers hip-hop culture. And this is crazy. This is going back to Vlad TV. We let these white bammers be big staples in the quote-unquote hip-hop culture. And black people, black rappers, black entertainers, singers, actors, all that, still going their shows or whatever. And, and, like, this is what I'm talking about. There ain't no community. Because we so concerned about making sure that we keep we stay in in the limelight that we'll allow anything to go on. Crazy. All right. Um, let me get to the the Kyrie jump. So Kyrie posted on his story. Um some documentary that's on Amazon uh, called, uh, what is it, Hebrews to Negroes. And he getting all the heat now, you know what I'm saying? He getting the same similar, I ain't going to say the same similar heat that Kanye is getting. Even the owner of the Nets came out, Joe Josiah, Joe Tassai came out and condemned his um his posting of a documentary. Kyrie ain't say nothing about the documentary or anything. He ain't say nothing. He just posted a, a screenshot of, of the, the documentary, the title of it, from Amazon. Amazon Prime. But you got people buying courtside seats with uh T-shirts on talking about anti-Semitism and all that other stuff going to the games. His owner came out to um, made a statement about it, said, I'm disappointed that Kyrie appears uh, to support a film based on a book full of anti-Semitic disinformation. Like, how do you even know that? Did, did you even read the book? Did you even look at the documentary? And for one, why is he getting all of this heat and not Amazon Prime for having the documentary on their platform. See what I'm saying? See see how how specific the heat is? How specific the criticism is? They're not criticizing Amazon Prime for having the fucking documentary on there, but they criticizing Kyrie. Why? 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 And then the crazy thing about it is the Nets owner He um I believe he's the owner of Alibaba Alibaba whatever the fuck It was written in the Daily News April 14th 2022 
This is the title of the article. Joe Tsai's Alibaba financially supported China's, quote, cultural genocide of Uyghur Muslims. See the hypocrisy? See the contradiction? They can do whatever the fuck they want to do. But soon as we step up and try to speak up about anything or be a man about it, then it's a fucking problem. Which we should make even more of a problem. But let me move on. You know, it is what it is. I mean, the way the cycle is, we're going to keep letting it go on. Go on and on. And as long as it's people like me bringing up these things, having these conversations or whatever, nobody ain't trying to listen to it. We rather listen to goofy shit. I'm being too serious or whatever the fuck. <laughs> but um, where I'm at, I'm move on from this shit. Um, I know I got another clip that pertains to all of this, so I'm at least get to that clip. But it was funny. I came across this tweet. It says, "Quote unquote, this information equals this information wasn't supposed to be shared," <laughs> and that's what it seems like it is. Like it because it's not like lies are being told in these instances with with Jewish people running Hollywood or the media, you know what I'm saying, the entertainment industry, it's just, it's like they don't want it to be out in the open. Why don't they want it to be out in the open? They saying anti-Semitic is not as if people are saying less, I'm gonna move on. Let me see. Let me let me play this clip. But it's like you know, what I'm saying. Let me say this first. Like, is nobody really saying specifically what is anti-Semitic about Kanye's Kanye saying that the entertainment industry is run by Jews, or Kyrie posting a screenshot of a documentary. Nobody's saying that, but it's just, it's because they actually have a community that is strong and they, they're organized that they put the pressure on you so much that it's a problem, no matter what you say, whether it's factual or disinformation, misinformation, whatever, then it's a problem. But let me pull this clip up. Um, Where this clip at? Here you go. This clip is, is titled, Power is Thinking, the Ability to Change the Way Someone Thinks. And let me play it. We have come to believe that power means militants, violence, 
an aggressive attack. We don't understand that that is not power. Power is thinking. Power is the mind, the ability to affect people's minds. Once you control their minds, you can make them violent or docile. You can make them nice or you can make them mean. Once you affect people's thinking, you can make them stand up or sit down. You can make them buy what you want them to buy. In fact, you can make them even bring you their hard-earned money to you to buy your stuff regardless of how ragged it is. Now, once you've been able to do that to people's thinking, then that is real power. We then have to understand that there's nothing wrong with having power. The power that influences thinking. And like I said, because we don't want to take responsibility or accountability of our own thinking, we allow everybody else to be in charge of the way we think. Because we don't want to rock the boat. We don't want to go against the grain. It's not trendy. We don't want to look weird. We don't want to look woke. We fall in line with every fucking trend except sticking together or actually being a real fucking community. And even outside of, you know what I'm saying, society stuff, even in our own community with the black man versus the black woman shit. Nope. We following the trends of white feminism or our good, good girlfriends or what our homeboys telling us or what we learned or what we seen or whatever. We don't want to go against that. But that's what social media is all about these days, you know what I'm saying? We we let the trends, the cliches, these little small quotes, these couple of characters does does only being able to give on Twitter and stuff like that, these opinions, these ideas, these feelings that ain't ours. We let people bully us into believing or believing or having a certain perspective or perception of something, and we just following the crowd, following the crowd. Because we scared to be ourselves. We scared to be an individual. We scared to be a free thinker. We scared to be a critical thinker, et cetera, et cetera. Wherever the majority goes, that's where, that's where, you know what I'm saying, we going to go. And let me just finish off this whole Kanye and Kyrie and all that other stuff with this. You can have healthy disagreements. You can't expect to agree with every point 
that's in somebody's message. But that don't make them a bad person. And this is why this is what fucking confuses me about all of this. Like we sit around here and be judging the fuck out of somebody when social media tells us to, or when the media tells us to, or when society tells us to, and forgetting the fact of our own shit. Everything we say ain't right. Everything I say on this podcast may not be right to somebody. Everybody, I know everybody don't agree with the things I say on this podcast because I hear it. But do you have a healthy enough mindset or emotional sensor to be able to disagree and still allow people to be themselves or have their thoughts or their own feelings and their own emotions. Take away pride. Take away the ego. Take away somebody else's fucking feelings. Take away your trauma. And be open. To somebody else's experiences or thoughts or whatever. It's not saying you have to agree. Just be open. We ain't even living right out here, man. All right, let me move on. Nah, let me finish it with this. <laughs> Going back to the um, to the celebrities and the house Negroes and the um, Willie Lynch theory and all that other stuff. You got to look at it like a lot of these black entertainers, a lot of them may be considered gatekeepers, but they can also be considered overseers. They can also be considered house Negroes. You think about the mentality of a house Negro, all the slave movies that's been out and shows and stuff, and you look at them. They're more entitled than the field Negroes or the field slaves they don't want to even be associated with the field slaves their mentality is I'm up in the house with the boss I don't want to lose this position because I ain't got to sleep in them shacks I ain't got to eat that slop I ain't got to work in that heat so I'm gonna do everything that I can fucking do to stay in this house to live luxury their mindset is that I'm living just like the boss. So think about a lot of these entertainers that you follow, that you get information from, that you believe in and all this other stuff. A lot of them ain't going to go against the grain because they don't want to go back to where the fuck they did was. They don't want to go back to the fields. So they ain't going to go against the boss. They ain't going to go against the grain. They're going to do everything that they can to stay where they are. And they also going to make sure that you can't take their place. So it's going to be a lot of jealousy, envy, greed, backbiting, fighting, all of that, backstabbing. And this just ain't for celebrities, these politicians, 
any black person that is in a position where they're rubbing shoulders with the boss or they're in the limelight or they're getting validation that they ain't never get. They're getting attention that they ain't never get. They don't want to lose that. Stop holding these people so high that you forget that they're human beings as well. They no different than you. Now I'm going to move on. Let me get to some other shit. <laughs> uh, I got a clip. I'll start off. Um. In this society, most of us, because of the nature of the culture, the way we raise children, the way we have to relate to each other, the very values of a society are traumatizing for a lot of people so that it's false to say that some people are normal and others are abnormal. In fact, we're all on a spectrum of of woundedness, which has great impact on how we relate to each other and on our health. You said in a recent interview, quote, being left with an emptiness and insatiable craving creates addiction in the personal sense and capitalism in the social sense. And both these are taken to be coping mechanisms for the experience of trauma. If you could explain. Mm -hmm. In a society that tells you that you're not enough, that you're not good enough, that you don't look good enough, that you don't have enough, that you don't own enough, that you haven't attained enough. Creating this sense of emptiness is the fuel that runs the consumer society, where never is it enough. You always have to have more and more. You have to attain more and more, obtain more and more. So basically, it's a highly addictive culture that feeds up people's addiction to drive its profits. And they do so quite deliberately. So this society runs on people's sense of deficient emptiness, where more and more is what they think is needed to fill that hole inside themselves. And this is why I always say everybody got a mental illness. Because we are all living in this 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 mindset of lack. All living in this mindset of lack. That's why you got all these people out here trying to get all these degrees, trying to make all this money, trying to make sure they're in influence on social media. Got to have all the girls. Got to have all the guys with the money. If you if you looking for a woman, she got to have the fattest ass. Got to have the biggest titties. If you looking for a man, he got to have this car. He got to have this house. He got to be able to take you on this trip and that trip. Got to have this amount of money. It's even down to the the way we eat and consume food. Like, go on Instagram. Go on any social media platform. All day long, you'll see somebody who went to culinary school calling themselves a chef and got the most outrageous damn meal that they posting on social media. Chicken and waffles with shrimp on top and cheese. I just seen this today, literally seen this today. It was a chicken and waffle restaurant. The dude calling himself a chef, or the person calling himself a chef. They had chicken and waffles with fried shrimp on top of that with cheese and syrup. <laughs> you see a lot of like, particularly in the area that I live in. And I, and I know it's in other states as well. 
uh, I'm in the DMV era. You see a lot of these black owned, um, and I'm not trying to shit on nobody, but I'm just trying to point out the um, excessiveness and the lengths that we go to with this trying, this overindulgence, or you know what I'm saying, this trying to feed things, feed ourselves with things, these addictions that we have. Like a lot of these uh, black-owned restaurants or whatever, they be having the most gluttonous meals I've ever seen in my life. All this cream, all this sauce, all this food. And I'm like, and y'all wonder why y'all got the itis after y'all eat these meals. Because y'all body is going through hell <laughs> trying to digest this shit. But we got to be honest with ourselves, like, Everybody is trying is everybody is coping in different ways and we have different mechanisms in the way we cope, whether it's sex, drugs, alcohol, TV, always got to be on the run, always got to be out the house, always got to be at the party or always sitting in the fucking house, not going out. You know what I'm saying? It's just over and over again, this overindulgence of something of some coping mechanism. And I'm gonna play the clip again because I feel this this is just an amazing clip. And this is why I say everybody out here has a mental illness. We are all trying to find validation. We're all trying to validate our experiences in some type of way. And those ways are unhealthy. Let me play the clip again. In this society, most of us, because of the nature of the culture, the way we raise children. And society feeds off of our addictions, off of our perceived inefficiencies or our lack. It's a sickness. We're sick. That's why we always in a rush. We not living right. We not living like human beings. We are living the way that they want us to live, how they tell us that we should live. And we justify it by shitting on others. <laughs> we would shit on others because they don't want to chase money. Like I literally was watching um, a reunion show on the Housewives of Potomac. And one of the, one of the, uh, was it that? No, it wasn't the Housewives of Potomac. It was Married to Medicine. I, I still indulge every now and then on reality TV. Yes, and I was watching the uh, reunion show of Married to Medicine. And they was on there talking about some who doesn't want to chase money. And all of them agreed. Like, this is the society we live in. And particularly black people. We feel as though we aren't achieving anything if we aren't chasing money, chasing degrees, chasing cars, clothes, men, women or whatever. Because we think that if we have an excess amount of money or at material things that we're on the same level of the white folks. But back to the clip. Children, the way we have to relate to each other, the very values of a society are traumatizing for a lot of people so that it's false to say that some people are normal and others are abnormal. In fact, we're all on the spectrum of, of woundedness. 
And that's important right there. He said, in fact, we are all on a spectrum of woundedness. And this is why I say everybody, this is the same thing I'm saying. Everybody deals with a mental illness because we have all are suffering from traumatic experiences. We are all suffering from traumatic experiences. Which has great impact on how we relate to each other. How we relate to each other, i.e. a relationship. And on our health, how we relate to each other and on our health. That's what he's saying. So even if we aren't in a space where we're actually relating with somebody or having a relationship with somebody in that moment, who are who is left to relate to ourselves? So we if we aren't projecting or experiencing trauma from another person, we're doing it to ourselves and on our health. You said in a recent interview, quote, being left with an emptiness and insatiable craving creates addiction in the personal sense and capitalism in the social sense. And both these are taken to be coping mechanisms. They they are feeding off of our energy. They know where we at. The powers to be, the systems that are in place know where the people in the society are at. And that's why the Matrix movie was so important. They're feeding off of the things that we're lacking or we perceive that we are lacking or the things that we feel we crave. Go back and watch the Matrix movie. Like, <laughs> they're feeding off of it. They're using our, quote-unquote, deficiencies against us and hiding them, hiding them, not hiding them, hiding them, and using them against us for their benefit. For the experience of trauma, if you could explain. Mm -hmm. In a society that tells you that you're not enough. That exactly. So that's why you got all these people out here chasing money, chasing degrees, chasing this perfect person. That's why you got all these women out here looking for this fairy tale man because of these Disney movies and these these Hallmark movies and all this other stuff. They're selling you a dream. So you're chasing it. And as long as you're chasing it, you're never going to give up. They're. We're not even using energy right. It's not a balanced energy. <laughs> You're not good enough, that you don't look good enough, that you don't have enough, that you don't own enough, that you haven't attained enough. Why do you think since the creation of social media and the, the height, the, at the highest point of social media, you got all these women out here running to get these BBLs, breast implants, fillers, all that other stuff. Because of images. And what is social media big off of? Images. You got all these dudes out here trying to stunt and all this other stuff, trying to chase this money in order because of what? Images. Image. Creating this sense of emptiness is the fuel that runs the consumer society, where never is enough. You always have to have more and more. 
you have to attain more and more, obtain more and more. So basically, it's a highly addictive culture that feeds off people's addiction to drive its price. Addiction. Addictive. Addictive. Addiction. Addictive. Addiction. And this is why it's so important to have self-reflection, self-awareness. Because people are out here, it's, it's people out here justifying the hell out of them being highly addictive toward whatever it is. But they will justify it and they'll make sure that they shit on you if you aren't on the same wavelength or the same path or the same quote unquote mindset that they have. Because they're trying to validate their addictions. And they do so quite deliberately. So this society runs on people's sense of deficient emptiness where more and more is what they think is needed to fill that hole inside themselves. Exactly. All of us have some sort of brokenness, some sort of some sort of hole or something that inside of us from, you know, um, growing up or some type of traumatic experience or whatever. And society and these systems in place just feed off of it. So we keep trying to fulfill it. This is what that instant gratification comes from. This is where the honeymoon phase of relationships come from. The puppy love and all that other stuff. I'm going to keep that clip. I love that clip. Um, yeah, but it's all about addictions. We all addicted to something. Excuse me, burp number seven. Burp number eight. Um, yeah, but with these with these addictions, like we got to start channeling. Um, first, we got to start learning what exactly um, we feel we are lacking or deficient in learning what our brokenness is or these holes or whatever and what we're trying to chase or whatever and and channel them into something better you know whether it's exercise or healthy diets you know um actually um exploring the your god given talents or your god given purpose and stuff like that you know what i'm saying but yeah I got another clip though but that that go that honestly goes back to the the stuff when I was talking about the labels you know with the degrees um what I got a degree in what my job title is and all this other stuff we addicted and we are are obsessed with labels and once we get so addicted and obsessed with them, it forms an attachment. So anytime something goes against that attachment of that label that we define in ourselves by, then is we get hyper emotional or we get hyper defensive. You know what I'm saying? We we don't even understand that we putting our own selves in boxes by attaching ourselves with these labels that society has created 
we want to sit here and talk about some, you know what I'm saying? I'm a boss, you know what I'm saying? I'm a bad bitch or I'm that dude and all this other stuff like that. I'm that nigga, you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. But that's just us trying to defend or validate that that little that little inkling, that little feeling inside of us that know that what's going on or what what we doing probably isn't right. <laughs> or we going against what, you know what I'm saying, the most high is telling us or whatever, you know. <laughs> um, where I'm at. If you're dealing with a man who's purposeful, you could never be his priority. You know why? Because his purpose to himself, to what he got to do, is always going to be first. He's always going to choose the opportunity that's going to advance his career, which trickles down and benefits you if he's his woman. All men need a woman to remind them of who they are. Because at times we do get lost, we do get misguided, and we lean on our woman. A lot of the times with men, women is our inspiration. You see men turn their whole lives around. Why? Because they trying to attract the woman into their lives. See, and this is the problem with shit like this that be on social media. I understand what he's saying because that's what, as a man, we've been taught, that we have to find our purpose. Shit, Steve Harvey told all y'all ladies who bought the book, think like a man. But the problem with this is that this purpose that we've been taught to have and I'm not disagreeing with the fact that a man should have a purpose. A man should definitely have a purpose. That is part of being a man. But we get so caught up into what society tells us our purpose should be, making a certain amount of money, having a certain job. No. Our purpose can be our children. Our purpose can be our wife. Our purpose can be our partner. Our purpose can can be building a a life with our partner our purpose can be can be build teaching our children to the lessons or experiences that we've we've had in our life so they don't make the same mistakes or that they can better understand certain mistakes that we've made society tells us that a man's purpose should only be about money And taking care of his family. They don't tell you about nothing. About your purpose being. Building up. Yourself. Fixing the things internally. We out here. Chasing the bag. Chasing this status. And we broken inside. Every man out here chasing money, chasing a job or a status symbol or whatever, and not working on themselves. Your purpose can be healing, healing yourself so you can heal other men. When I was younger, when I was deep in my depression, Deep in struggling with anxiety, all I was concerned about was finding my purpose, finding my purpose, finding out what I'm supposed to do with my life. What job am I supposed to have? 
making sure that I have enough money to take care of a family. When I started going to therapy, when I started my spiritual journey, my purpose became about building myself up. And that's the purpose I have now. Money will come and go. Jobs will come and go. 2016, I talked about this before on my blog and on the podcast, greatestiamblog.com. 2016, I was on a contractor job ever since 2005. The contract contract ended. I was without a job, had a house, had a mortgage, car, no, all of that. What am I going to do? I found my purpose when I was laid off. I started the blog when I was laid off. I started the podcast when I was laid off. The idea of my personal podcast started when I was laid off. The idea of my blog started when I was laid off. The idea of the group podcast, Unproductive and Unapologetic, started when I was laid off. Because in that moment, I told myself, I'm going to be fine. So I didn't worry about a job. I didn't worry about money. So it came to me. My purpose came to me to speak about mental health, to speak about mental illness, my experiences, to bring a group of guys together and for us to talk about our experiences as men, black men. I was laid off for a few months. I had a severance. I had unemployment, took care of my bills or whatever. And I'm not going to lie and say I didn't have a moment now and again of being concerned or worried I had a whole mortgage I had bills to pay I had a car note I was laid off for a few months found a job job wasn't making nowhere near what I was making before I got laid off but I'm a man I had to do what I had to do so I'm not just gonna sit around and do nothing so I took this job making this this money this little bit of money And I worked it for a month, found another job, making a little bit more money than the job that I just had, but not what I was making before I got laid off. Took that job, worked it for a couple of months, out of the blue, found another job, making more money than the two jobs that I just had, plus the job that I was at. And I've been at that job ever since and been and have made more money since then. So these jobs, this money will come and go. You just never know where life will take you. So your purpose has to be greater than money or a job. What is your purpose outside of that? And I've been writing the blog ever since then. Been podcasting ever since then. That's my purpose. I've been able to discover much more about myself, to work on myself 
through these platforms. They've been therapeutic for me. They've pushed me more to grow. I've learned more about myself in these six years from the time I was laid off up until now than I probably have in the years beyond that based off of my self-awareness and just being in a place where I've been able to let go a little bit more than I used to and not be so focused on the money and what job I got and how it looks to some woman or to the people around me. So we got to get out this mentality of uh, us men got to get out this mentality that uh, a job or how much money we make and finding our purpose through that means something because those jobs and that money will come and go. They have the ability to come and go. So what is your purpose after that? Much fear. Another clip. <laughs> clip heavy. <laughs> There's just as much fear of submitting to someone as being a leader. A part of us being in survival mode is that you can't show weakness. That's every animal. When every animal is in survival mode, you, you have to hide your weaknesses. It's about getting through the next moment. And what we've been through as black people in this country, mm -hmm. we still very much in survival mode. Yes. It's harder for you to think long term. So now I got to leave yep. my survival, not my love, not my happiness, mm -hmm. not my, my survival up to this individual or I got to lead another individual. And a lot of us haven't reached a place in our own relationship, like with self, yes, to where absolutely. we healed enough to realize, Ooh, like, oh, my God, like, I'm, I'm capable of this. That's this person does trust me. Yeah. It's not about survival anymore. We passed that like we actually built something here. So I think we, we definitely as black people specifically have to give ourselves grace. We have one of the most unhealthy relationships with yeah. leadership absolutely. that you could point at. <laughs> We definitely have an unhealthy relationship with leadership. And I mentioned that earlier in the show when I was talking about how we're either scared to be leaders or we just don't want to be bothered. Because outside of the fear, we understand the fear. But the part of us not wanting to be bothered with being leaders is a problem. Because, well, both of them are problems. But... I'm going to specifically focus on the not being bothered part because I think it's important because it it involves the quote unquote community as a whole. And I say that because a lot of time in the spaces that black men are in in society as a whole, but in the small spaces that are of society, which are pocket societies, whether it's in our job, in our home, or any other space um, that we uh, put ourselves in, whether it's volunteering or whatever, um, with the fellas, whatever, but family, whatever. <laughs> but... Um, we're so used to not being heard when we do step up, not wanting to be heard, et cetera, et cetera. So even in the moments when 
we want to be leaders and we want to step up, we're emasculated or we're invalidated. Whether it's with our partner, um, with us with a relationship, with our family, in the office, um, if we're dealing with law enforcement, um, the judicial system, et cetera, et cetera. We are continuously invalidated and emasculated in every space that we are in as a black man. So a lot of times we just don't want to be bothered. That's why you see a lot of times uh, a lot of dudes, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy because it's a contradiction and a hypocrisy. A lot of times you see it on social media, you, you, you see a lot of times you see women say, I don't like no nonchalant man or whatever. But then on the other end, you see that same woman talking about some, I don't want no man trying to control me and all this other stuff, et cetera, et cetera. So it's like what I always be saying about the, you know what I'm saying? What makes you feel comfortable? What is confirmation bias for you? But I'm going to play this clip again because I got some, some um, differences of opinions with some of the things he said. So I'm going to play it again and I'll stop and go. There's just as much fear of submitting to someone as being a leader. A part of us being in survival mode is that you can't show weakness. That's every animal. And that's that's what I was talking about with, you know, um, when we see other black men die or other black men get emasculated or buck broken or publicly lynched or whatever. This is a reminder to us. It's a reminder to us. That's every animal. Every animal. But I got a problem with him saying animal because that's the mindset of racist people. They look at us as animals. We aren't animals. Matter of fact, we ain't even on the same level as animals, if you want to be honest. If you want to go the religion side of it, we're supposed to be above the animals. But like I've been saying already in this podcast, we're not even living the way we're supposed to be living. Animals are actually living the way that they're supposed to be living. They're, you You cannot look at any animal out here and say that they're going against their nature. They're going against their being. But we are. We shouldn't even be comparing ourselves to animals. Because even when animals are outside of their habitat, when you think of animals that are caged up in zoos and stuff like that, they still follow their nature. But us as human beings, no, we don't. So we shouldn't even be comparing ourselves to no animals. And for one, we ain't animals. We human beings. We human beings and they are animals. So if you already got that mentality of you being an animal, then of course you always going to be in survival mode. Of course you always going to be on defense because when you most of the time when you see animals, they're in some sort of compromised situation. We aren't used to seeing uh, animals in their natural habitat. You know what I'm saying? Because we mostly, if we caught up into the city life and all that other stuff, and 
and just going around. We don't even pay attention to nature. The only most of the time when we really paying attention to an animal is if we go into the zoo or we see them on National Geographic and they only showing one aspect of that animal's life is when they hunt or when they on or when they being hunted. But back to the clip. Is in survival mode. You you have to hide your weaknesses. It's about getting we definitely black men are definitely always in survival mode. We always are in survival mode. And through the next moment, and what we've been through as black people in this country, mm -hmm. we still very much in survival mode. Yes. It's harder for you to think long term. So now I got to leave yeah. my survival, not my love, not my happiness, mm -hmm. not my. And he's absolutely right about that. We so much in survival mode, or you know what I'm saying what society tells us we got to be what our purpose should be, that we aren't really being who we should be. We aren't being loving. We aren't being open. We aren't being in touch with our feelings, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. My survival up to this individual or I got to lead another individual and a lot of us. And that's why there's so much conflict between black men and black women, because black men are always on defense. And then you got a lot of black women that aren't, um, in touch with their feminine side, they more in touch with the masculine side, and what are they doing? Always on defense. Haven't reached a place in our own relationship, like with self, yes, to where absolutely. we healed enough to realize, Ooh, like, oh my God, like, I'm I'm capable of this. That's this person does trust me. Yeah. It's not about survival anymore. We passed that. Like, we actually built. Exactly. We don't trust nobody. You got black women out here that don't, a lot of black women out here that don't trust no nigga, don't trust nobody because they too stuck into their masculine side. There's no balance on either side of us. No balance on the black man's side, no balance on the black woman's side. Something here. So I think we, we definitely as black people specifically have to give ourselves grace. We have definitely have to give ourselves grace. Definitely have to give ourselves unhealthy grace. Unhealthy relationships with leadership Absolutely. that you could point at. <laughs> Other than the animal part, I mean, I, I totally agree with everything that he said. I got another clip, though. Clip heavy. That's not going to be the title of the show, though. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> I wonder if black women really do love black men unconditionally, because unconditional love is when you love someone regardless of how much they can provide for you, if they have imperfections or if they have emotional um, instability every now and then. And it seems like black women are taught the same thing that black men are from a really young age. That in order for a man to be a man, he has to be strong, tough, stoic, um, kind of just be quiet, pay bills, and go on about his business. I really love what Jason Wilson says about being a man. He says, once you define a man, you can't give him the space to be anything and everything he needs to be in order to fulfill his purpose on him. He says, once you allow yourself to be defined, you cut yourself off from reaching your potential. So does that mean once we let go of what... Yeah, her music was too... Her background music was too loud. But, yeah, she was basically been saying everything from the past couple of clips about... Um, being a man and how women um love or interact with 
black women love and interact with black men and, and how also black women have been taught the same thing that black men have been taught. So black women basically are projecting onto black men that very thing that, you know what I'm saying, black men have always been been taught to think. So it's never no safe space for black men to just basically actually be who they truly are supposed to be. It's always about chasing something that society told us we supposed to be doing or having. And it causes a conflict in the relationship or the partnership between black men and women because we're basically doing what we're told as opposed to actually aligning with each other. We're not taking a balance balance approach individually, so we're not going to have a balanced approach when we're dealing with each other. We're not letting go of these these um, ideologies that we've been taught to have or these labels, you know what I'm saying, or these thought processes and stuff like that. So as long as we keep holding on to that, then we're going to keep having the same issues or whatever. I wish her background music wasn't so loud. You can't really hear it talking. Um, I'm going to play the rest, but I feel like it's... it's too loud. At least it's too loud in my headphones. A black man is supposed to be that we would see more of our feelings thriving, reaching their potential, being happier, and having better relationships. Yeah. I hope y'all heard her words because the background music was just so, so loud. Background music is not really necessary for the content people. All right, um, yeah, so I had a blackity black segment. Let me see if I can run through that real quick because we almost had two hours. We had a minute, I mean, one hour and 57 minutes. So I'm going to play this last clip, and then I'm going to try to run through the blackity black woke segment. And this last clip of the, of the, um, the purpose stuff and the, Labels and all that. Money is not greatness. Come on, man. Being broke ain't greatness either. Come on, so, now. So, and mm. there's a lot of people that have built wealth, but they don't have the peace to enjoy it. Mm. There's a lot of people that have influence and followers and all that, and they're tormented, miserable people at right, night. Right, 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 right. You can make a lot of money doing something you're not called to do. Ooh. And it will take more from you. Yeah. Then it gives to you. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. first and foremost, for this book, it's going to redefine greatness for a lot of people. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. We've heard all that stuff before. I probably shouldn't even play that clip. But y'all understand what he's saying about the, you know what I'm saying. People keep chasing these 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 things that society tells us we're supposed to be doing and having and all that other stuff. But we aren't really right inside, you know what I'm saying, because... We spending all this time on external stuff and we not working on the internal stuff. But we think that this external stuff is going to fulfill us. This relationship is going to make us happy. This baby is going to make us happy. This money is going to make us happy. This car is going to make us happy. This house is going to make us happy. But we still having deficiencies internally. We still having mental issues. We still having emotional issues, et cetera, et cetera. And then we wondering why 
um, things ain't going right. You know what I'm saying? So we keep jumping from person to person or we keep buying this thing and that thing or whatever. And it's still not it's still not working. You know what I'm saying? So it's time, you know what I'm saying, we start self-reflecting or looking in the mirror and it's okay for us to be wrong. It's okay for us to have brokenness. It's okay for us to not be whole and all that other stuff. You know, and the same work and the drive and determination that you have for this external stuff, you can apply it to the internal and this is going to be even more fulfilling. All right, let me run through this um, Blackity Black Woke segment real quick. So, breaking news. New, New York Supreme Court reinstates all employees fired for being not juiced and orders back pay how ironic how ironic like i said i'm just going to run through it so i ain't really going to give that too much commentary but yeah how ironic um yeah that's new york and that's a lot of people that that suffered from from this uh yeah mm -hmm -hmm. <laughs> um yeah it says new york state supreme court reinstates all fired Unjuiced employees orders back pay says the state violated rights acted arbitrary and capricious notes quote being juiced does not prevent an individual from contracting or transmitting the disease. Um, just in safety panel of the European Drug regulator now recommends adding, quote, heavy menstrual bleeding, end quote, as a side effect of those companies' juices. White people are getting juiced at higher rates than black and Latino Americans. There was a article titled on CNN January 26, 2021. Now, October 19, 2022, whites now more likely to die from disease than blacks. Why the times shifted? <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm talking in code. Um, New York Post. Boston University researchers claim to have developed new, more lethal disease strain and lab here we go um breaking pentagon announces new 275 million dollar excuse me presidential drawdown for ukraine burp number 89 the u.s has committed more than 18.5 billion dollars in security assistance to Ukraine since January 2021. <sighs> Just then, U.S. lawmakers discussed passing a $50 billion aid package for Ukraine by end of January, NBC reports citing sources. And I don't know if y'all saw, but it was a thing that came out said that joe biden got mad because Zelensky asked for more money stop y'all lying man y'all be lying like shit all right so it says after declaring a state of emergency new york city unveils shelter for single adult men illegal immigrants 
illegal migrants with couches, TVs, Xboxes, and 24-7 food and drink. Quote, the meals are all culturally appropriate. It is South American fare, end quote. Emergency Management Commissioner Zach Iskul said, and I got a clip for this. So let me pull that clip up. The clip is important, more important than the title, actually. So let me find the clip. Ah. So we're a little bit over two hours, but you will have plenty of time to listen to the show. <laughs> you got you'll have at least seven days at the seven days at the minimum. But here go the clip. Facility starting tomorrow. All right, when here we go. For a single adult man, you're going to come here to this facility starting tomorrow. When migrants first walk in after intake, they will see a recreational room set up with rows of couches, TVs, Xboxes, this and board nice games. There will also I be a phone bank I ain't so migrants got a new can connect with new family Xbox. in order to find more permanent housing. We can do that in 24 hours, maybe even less. Many times, it's going to take longer than that. It could take days. Next, there is a cafeteria that will provide migrants with three meals a day, and snacks, coffee, and tea will be available 24-7. Those meals are all culturally appropriate. It is uh, South American. These bam are so proud about this. I ain't even got the new Xbox, and they got the new Xbox up in this motherfucker. Like, it's homeless people on the street in New York City, all around the United States that ain't got 24-7 meals. You can't build a facility for your own citizens, but you can build it for migrants. Why? Because they want these votes. All right. Moving along. Um, let me see where I'm at. Where I'm at. Ah, Stacey Abrams suggests more abortions will help address inflation and gas prices. I got a clip for this, and it's important, too. So let me pull this clip up. Stacey Abrams, black woman. Here we go. You're running for governor of Georgia. Uh, I would assume, maybe incorrectly, but while abortion is an issue, it nowhere reaches the level of interest of voters in terms of the cost of gas, food, bread, milk, things like that. What can a governor, what could you do as governor to alleviate the concerns of Georgia voters about those livability, daily, hourly issues that they're confronted with? But let's be clear. Having children is why you're worried about your price for gas. It's why you're concerned about how much food costs. For women, this is not a reductive issue. You can't divorce being forced to carry an unwanted pregnancy from the economic realities of having a child. And so these are, it's important for us to have both and conversations. We don't have the luxury of reducing it or separating them out, but we also have to talk about what a governor can do. A governor can address housing prices. A governor can address the cost of education. A governor can put money into the pockets of everyday hardworking Georgians instead of giving tax cuts to the wealthy. That's what I talk about on the trail, and that's what's resonating. But let's not pretend that women, half the population, especially those of childbearing age, they understand that having a child is absolutely an economic issue. It is only politicians who see it as simply another cultural conversation. It is a real biological and economic imperative conversation that women need to have. Hmm. <laughs> y'all can come up with y'all own thoughts on that, ladies. Oh, boy. These Democrats. Um, where I'm at. 
Um, she basically, I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't be quiet. She basically saying that, you know what I'm saying, only people who, who well off financially, you know what I'm saying, should have kids. You know what I'm saying? This is what the system of white supremacy, supremacy wants. They telling all y'all poor black asses don't have no more kids or y'all going to deal with inflation and whatever. They they trying to scare y'all. <laughs> they just trying. This is what it is. It's always fear mongering. Um, what else? The D.C. Council voted to allow illegal, illegal immigrants to vote in the D.C. elections. Yeah. Who's the who's the mayor in D.C.? A Democrat. Who's the majority of the people on the D.C. Council? Democrats. And I'm not saying this because I'm a Republican, because I'm not. I'm not a Republican or a Democrat. I'm a registered independent. And let me go back to the juice stuff, because it might be some new listeners. I'm not for or against you getting the juice or whatever. Do what you want to do. I'm for informed consent. I'm for the truth. I'm for also you making whatever decision you want to make. I got family and friends who have taken the juice. I got family and friends who didn't take the juice. So it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? My mom and dad, brother, sister, all of that. You know what I'm saying? So don't try to sit here and make it seem like I'm trying to shame people for making whatever choice that they wanted to make. That's not it. All I care about is the truth. All I care about is you giving us the full giving us the full taste of information so moving along chemical hair straightening linked to uterine cancer study warns black women this was in the washington post october 18 2022 and this is something that's been around for a long time i remember hearing this as a kid about you know the uh, um, perms and relaxes and all the chemicals and stuff like that have being harmful to black women and stuff like that and then you know what i'm saying if you want to go further me being woke you know this this can go beyond that with you know saying how you know black women have been so um programmed to think that they have to look a certain way and all this other stuff so they use these chemicals chemicals to to look a certain way and to be able to be trade a certain way the the image the image all right moving along um yeah so i've already talked about the black panther 2 movie coming out november 11th i'm still on the fence about whether i'm going to go see it or not because i particularly don't like the way that all of this is being done with Chadwick Boseman being dead and how they're profiting off of his death by using it in the movie and stuff. So Walmart recently came out and did an advertisement where they are advertising the new the action figures uh, off of the characters that are going to be in Black Panther 2. But T'Challa is not going to be in Black Panther 2. But they still put his portrayal of the Black Panther in their advertisement as part of the toys that they're selling. So here we go once again, more and more of Marvel using Chadwick Boseman's death to market this movie. Moving along. Uh, where am I? Where am I? Uh, 
behind just then behind closed doors the united states government has reportedly used this power to shape online discourse department of homeland security plans to expand censorship on topics like origin of the disease efficiency of juices racial justice afghanistan withdrawal and more this ain't nothing new i talked about it on the last podcast of how the joe biden administration and facebook colluded together with quote unquote getting rid of misinformation as if only misinformation can come from one side or one point of view like they just the 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 purest of the pure politicians and the purest of the pure political party that they only give out the the most accurate information that they don't have no agendas as if political agenda isn't 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 uh said 24 7 on all the the political platforms and political news uh platforms and stuff but whatever (laughs) i swear man we got to stop being so so gullible and so naive so i came across this today breaking warehouses at rio de janeiro's main food distribution center are on fire in brazil sparking riots with reported food looting so this goes back to uh previous shows when i talked about all the food distribution centers across the country that have been mysteriously going up in flames and stuff and we wonder why we having these food shortages and all this other stuff but we don't think nothing about it because you know i'm saying rihanna about to perform at the super bowl so that's that's all the thing that we should be worried about i'm just being you know what i'm saying i'm being serious but i'm being funny i'm being sarcastic at the same time you know what i'm saying that's just in my nature but this is a taste to consider podcast i'm your host Dirk silver make sure you follow me on greatestiamblog.com greatest.i.am.blog a taste to consider network on instagram my main page is linked to my uh podcast page so you can find it on there you want to follow me on there also make sure you like share download on spotify apple Podcasts, um stitcher amazon google play uh all that i'll be back up on youtube next show hopefully you know what i'm saying if i'm out of jail yet <laughs> youtube jail but yeah you know what i'm saying keep supporting me and you know what i'm saying yeah it is what it is you know what i'm saying i love y'all i love y'all Taste to Consider Podcast. I'm out.